In ancient Greece, the Pythian priestess worked at the Oracle of Delphi, which was in the Temple of Apollo. Yet, in this episode, I'm honored to speak with a modern-day Pythian priestess. Find out what it means to be a priestess today, her special gifts and type of magic, and how she works with her clients on this delicious dive into the occult. Stay tuned! This is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! Hey, it's Ronnie, and before I jump into the podcast today, I want to share one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, which is Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, hosted by Melissa Oatman. It's a weekly podcast devoted to spirituality and self-improvement. Topics covered include mindset shifting, energy clearing, 5D in the new earth, increasing intuition, and so much more. She often has amazing guests who share tips and tools for how to live your best life. Plus, she ends many episodes by pulling an oracle card and giving you further insight into the topic and your life. Melissa invites you to join the conversation to start living your best life today. So check out the podcast, Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, soon. And enjoy. In this episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Ashley Ryan, who goes by the name The Pythian Priestess. She's the host of the podcast, The Occult Unveiled. Through her show, she sheds light on the mystifying world of the occult by sharing secret rituals, unusual experiences, and miraculous events. Ashley is an accomplished screenwriter, producer, and personality who specializes in explaining the often misunderstood areas of philosophy, theology, history, and Western esotericism. With over half our life dedicated to the practice of the occult, Ashley has worked with candle magic, tarot cards, and ceremonial magic. Welcome, Ashley! Hi, Ronnie. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you because I can honestly say I've never spoken to a Pythian priestess. So I'm really curious what that is. I did look up who the Pythian priestess originally was. She was in the Temple of Apollo, according to the internet. What I didn't realize was that she was part of the Oracle of Delphi. And I wonder if there were different groups of people that were part of that Oracle. I don't know that much about that. But you know, it's funny. I've done a lot of past life readings. And in the last couple of years, I've been bumping into people who were worked at the Oracle of Delphi. And I'm like, how many people worked at the Oracle of Delphi that I keep bumping into? People, you know, who were part of that. And then here you are. And this isn't a past life for you. This, Or maybe it was. But this is what you're interested in the present. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So thank you for pronouncing it correctly. It is the Pythian. So there were three priestesses at different times at the Oracle at Delphi. The Oracle at Delphi was considered to be the center of the world in ancient Greece. And the Pythia, very interestingly, most people would assume that they were young women. Uh, They were not. They were actually middle-aged women. And these women were chosen, and they were actually sometimes torn away from their families to completely devote themselves to the divine. Very incredible. So there were lots of people who worked at this oracle for a long time. The head 
was known as the Sybil or the Pythia. My internet name is Pythian Priestess because when I was very young, I was four years old, and I grew up with two great aunts who were Benedictine nuns who asked me, do you want to be a nun? Do you want to get married to Jesus? And I said, no, I want to be a priest. And they said, oh, you can't do that. You're a woman. I said, okay, I don't care about religion anymore. (laughs) Oh, what a smart four-year-old you were. (laughs) And it wasn't until I was an undergrad much later in 2013 that I learned about the Pythia priestess, that there was a such thing as a priestess and was highly respected. And it really transformed that childhood dream of mine into a reality. So I did the the Gen Z millennial thing. I hoarded all the usernames that I could (laughs) under the (laughs) Pythian Priestess, but I actually didn't have it in use for several years. It was just something that I kept because it was very personal to me. It wasn't until 2019, one year before my initiation, that I decided to join TikTok and decided to share my magical interest with the world, which had been a secret for a very long time. I came from a very conservative family, very conservative place in Florida. I had been searching my entire life for truth. I'm trying to understand what truth was with a capital T. The ancient people such as Socrates and, and Plato and Lao Tzu, all these ancient philosophers really inspired me. And the academic side of philosophy didn't cut it. I was like, you know, this is, there's something missing here. And what was missing was the esoteric or the mystic aspect for me. When I moved to Los Angeles, I discovered something called the Philosophical Research Society, which was founded in the early 20th century by Manly P. Hall. And I started volunteering there, pouring as much time and energy into it and learned that, oh, this thing called magic is real. And that's where I went on a much shorter journey of finding a magical society that I could trust. And that was all through word of mouth. You know, there's not a lot of advertising when it comes to this kind of world. And I had to go through a pretty extensive interviews. I had to go through three interviews to make sure that I was of sound mind and sound body in order to make the choice of initiation. Initiation means you're brought into an energy current and every energy current is dedicated to a different god or goddess. The ancient Pythia were dedicated to Apollo. The current order I am in is dedicated to the Greek Isis or the Egyptian Aset. That's the queen of heaven energy. Also in the Christian virgin, she's the virgin mother. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the initiation. I went in totally blind. I could have researched it. I could have figured out what was going to happen, but I decided not to and just had go in on pure faith. And it was life-changing. You know, it, it really puts your life into perspective and say, what are you dedicated to? What are your values? And my values are truth. My truth is teaching what magic truly is and trying to bring a more wholesome worldview to what has been a very cold materialistic world for the last century or so. I think it's the Unity Church that had a little book called Truth with Emily Caddy or Katie who wrote that book. And I found it on the shelves of a used bookstore. Those are always the best finds. Lessons in Truth, Emily Katie. Very much about God. Now, I'm not religious at all either, but there were all kinds of really interesting things. Plus, it was written in because it had been somebody else's, but they had that Egyptian Mm. symbol. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. Of the wings. Oh, 
Yes, yeah. yes. Those are Isis's wings. Yes. I thought, oh, there's something going on there with what you were talking about, because the Unity Church is much more open spiritually. It's not mm -hmm. as much about the traditional dogma, you know, that comes from religion. So anyway, well, very interesting. And it's so funny because I'm always fascinated when I find these people who were worked at the Oracle of Delphi and they always got that they were, you know, 100% dedicated. They weren't like going home to cook dinner or anything. <laughs> No, that was your whole life. You lived there 365 yeah. days a year. So how do you see that coming into play today? How does that work with your truth? When you talk about your truth and you talk about magic and magic being real, you know, how do you say, how do you see that playing out in the world and softening things as you were saying? Mm, I think that a big part of it is making sure that I am a vessel for the goddess, not saying I am the goddess, very, very different. Yes, I speak for her. I spent a lot of my time in prayer. I spent a lot of my time in ritual. I have a very rigorous ritual schedule twice a day where I cleanse the energy around me so I can communicate with her. A big part of helping people understand that there is love in the world. And unfortunately, our world has taken that word and really minimized it. I love my dog. I love pizza. I love this music. Love is the force that unites the universe. It's what allows the connection between atoms and electrons, protons, et cetera, and trying to reintegrate that idea into the world. In a lot of ways, that's the biggest message that I carry. The other message is unity and acceptance of other people. My goodness, we can barely handle tolerance. We can barely tolerate people who are different than us. How on earth are we supposed to accept? But I find that a lot of my listeners, my audience are actually quite accepting and very curious. We're moving away as we've entered the age of Aquarius, which many astrologers have decided at different time periods, but we are most certainly in it now. And this drastic shift away from dogma, away from the masculine into a more soft and accepting place of saying that we're all human. We all experience divinity and different rays of light. And that's okay. No one's God is better than anyone else's God, but we all must respect each other because we are the flesh and blood and a reflection of the divine. So how do you work with magic? I don't know if you can answer that question, but how do you, of do you work with magic with your clients or how does magic come into play in your life? So magic is the creation, the direction, and the manipulation of energy. In our world, we have the four elements, which are fire, air, earth, and water. This is also a reflection of your being. So your flesh body is made up of these four elements. Magic means not only do I control and manipulate the energies outside of me, whether I'm working with the element of water or the element of fire, but it's also about how psychologically I'm working with those elements. So here's a secret for you. In tarot cards, there are four suits. There are cups, which are water, fire, which are wands, swords, which are your thoughts or air, and then pentacles, which are your earth. And when I do magic for my clients, we're usually working with one of those elements. For a lot of people, it's actually the cups. We're working with emotions, whether there is this desire to bring something into their life like manifestation. But actually, a lot of the magic I do these days is focused around domestic violence and helping 
people escape from negative situations, harmful situations into a place of safety, and then reevaluating, how did I get here? Reflecting, how do I not repeat this pattern? And how do I break it? Oh, now that's very interesting. I have to say, I never would have expected you to say that. You know, countless years ago, I worked at Psychic Fairs and there were only five questions. No matter mm. what happened, there were really only five questions. <laughs> One is money, two, career, three, love, relationships, health, and then spiritual path. So those were to me the questions that people would mostly ask. And, and a lot of people would just come because they wanted to know, about their love life, you know, does he like me? Does he want me? Is yeah. he serious? Da, da, da. We've all been down that path. But this is, I certainly can't say anyone came to me about wanting help with domestic violence, and that is pretty intense. So that yeah. must be quite a service that you're doing. And I gotta say, that's that really surprises me. But I guess, you know, you have to get your help where you can. I would think some of it would be in how they feel about themselves and. Mm-hmm. building up the self-worth and self-esteem and the, the confidence the fire to and say no more to say no more right so because as you build your self-worth then you know that you're worth more and you know that you don't deserve that kind of treatment that's such a hard climb i would think that would be it, it is very difficult for some people and it's something that i do as a labor of love and most of the time it's successful Oh, that's good. That's really good. Wow. So tell me something about the rituals you do. So a lot of the rituals that I do are going to be candle based. I do this for a couple of reasons. One, because it has all five elements, fire, air, earth, water, and spirit. The candles represent alchemy. And I am a big proponent of the psychology of rituals. Our human minds are conditioned to understand symbolism. This is very, very intriguing to us. And by studying the flame of the candle and putting the intention into the candle, a lot of people can feel it growing inside of them. Now, there's been a lot of different research done by accredited universities that talk about how rituals impact our unconscious mind. For my clients, what I have them do is I create a sigil, which is a symbolic representation of their intention. I draw the sigil on my own. I do this very much an intuitive way. I People will call it chaos magic. And then I make three copies of the sigil. One goes, well, two of them go to the client and one goes to me. Every single night before they go to bed, I tell my clients, I want you to trace the sigil with your eyes. What you're doing is you are imprinting it into your subconscious mind. I also ask them to listen to binaural beats, ideally at six hertz, because we're trying to get their brain waves into a more receptive state. So we want to get down into the theta and delta waves. And this is, some people may say, it's like brainwashing you. Kind of, sort of, not really. What it's doing is that it's changing your neural pathways and preparing you for this change in influx of energy that's about to happen. Magic is not just the tool of the candle. That's just one representation. And for me, it really helps me get an idea of where that person is at. It's kind of like a temperature checker for me. It is a representation of the spell. So for two weeks, this client will study the sigil every single night. And then 
either on the new moon or the full moon, depending on the kind of magic we're doing, they will now destroy the sigil through one of the elements. You may rip it up and throw it into the air. You may rip it up and throw it into running water, such as your toilet or a sink. You can burn it. You can rip it up and bury it. I ask that it's chosen very concretely in your mind because each element has a pace. Fire's the fastest. Earth is the slowest. But by doing this, this is when we really start to see the energy kick in for people, where they'll feel the influx, the power has grown within them to make that change in their life. And sometimes this doesn't mean active, right? This doesn't mean necessarily I'm going to remove myself from a domestic violence situation, but simply I am more open and available to spirit or the energy to move through me, whether it is bringing forth money, bringing forth love or removing something like banishing from your life. Okay. So I have made sigils. <laughs> I love working with symbols and I bought a book about sigils and stuff. So I found that was fun. And I've certainly heard of chaos magic and I played with it a little and I don't do any spell work, but I do other things because I, and I never knew I was, that these things were magic. They were just mm -hmm. things that I did. So I wrote a lot of little songs uh, that were about what I wanted. So for a long time, I was looking for love and I wrote a lot of songs that were progressive. They started with opening my heart to love and getting my love flowing. And then they talked about later on, they went into how attractive I was and magnetic. And oh, then I love that. Oh, thank you. And then I had ones where they got really specific about the man I was seeing and how I wanted to marry him and when it would happen and everything. And it happened exactly like I wrote it in my little song which always surprised me how much those things worked. And then one time I had a magic coach for a little while and she said, oh, those are charms. I'm like, what? So I, I didn't know what that was. It's just what I did naturally. I still have all kinds of little songs. I have them stuck all over my monitor for when I want to remember to say one. I find them to be really helpful. A lot of times I see them as drawing energy. So I am mm -hmm. not trained in any of this, you've been heavily trained and really dedicated to it. I am a interloper, like somebody who just dabbles, you know, and does like, because I do what comes naturally to me on my spiritual path. Yeah. But, and that's totally okay. You know, everyone's got their level. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Some, and a lot of times these things, they just come to me like I'll, think, oh, maybe I'll write something, but I have no idea what it's going to be. And that's probably because I've been inspired yeah. to write it down as it comes in. And sometimes I have to noodle it a little to make the rhyme work. But other than that, mostly it's just kind of uh, flowing into me. So I've had a lot of fun with that over the years. You know, most of the time the songs make me really happy. So I feel like oh. that in itself is very worthwhile because anytime that I can elevate my energy, I'm doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. What's it like moving through the world as a Pythian priestess? Hiring. <laughs> Hiring. It's, it's exhausting. Now, um, why do you say that? What is it ex what's exhausting about it? The world's a very broken place and it's hard sometimes. I get very sad when I see where people are. Um, it's getting better. It is getting better. I can say that I have definitely seen in the last three, four-ish years, a huge movement of people who are reconnecting spiritually. But I think, especially in America, as we are in the stage of late stage capitalism, people are are suffering. 
at a level that even magic can't help. We have to have a massive change in our world and our society. And I think a big part of that is what we worship. Most people don't worship a god or a goddess. They worship money. And that's because that's what we're taught is our god. Is This is how we survive. And some people are very greedy, especially right now as we see in my world, the Hollywood world, there are two massive strikes happening. Yeah. And we're trying to find some semblance of power. The other thing that's really exhausting is that people misunderstand my purpose. I'm not a princess. I am not a royal of some kind. I am a handmaiden. I am a servant of the goddess. And that is very frustrating when people think that I'm doing this for power. The power that I wield is not mine. It is the goddesses. And that is something that I most certainly want people to understand is that everything that I do, I try to do within her light because being a role model means being a representation of her. And I'm not always perfect. You know, I get mad. I get mad. I get sad. When I read about microplastics, when I read about the ocean life, it's very damaging. Um, That's also because I'm a water sign. I know that. (laughs) But most of the time, I would say that the respect that I, I have for people isn't often returned. There's a lot of people who look and say, oh, you must be mentally ill. Oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're doing. And I, and I can say that then you're not ready to hear the message. Well, they're not right for you and you're not right for them. And, right. you know, the, it takes all kinds to make the world a rich and varied place. You know, we have to make room for things we don't like. Uh, either way you look at it. Otherwise, yeah, and that's, that's all like, part of the acceptance, right? I got right. it. And, and the tolerance, right? So I think a lot of it also is based on what you choose to look at, what you choose to focus on. Because I think that can make a big difference too. Some people think that I'm ridiculous because I won't watch the news. And I think that's probably very good for you. <laughs> it's really good for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I don't know what's going on because you can't escape the news, no. but I don't have to personally ingest it to get the news I need. You know, I heard there were fires in Maui and whatever, and I didn't see it on TV or read it on the web or the papers. You're going to hear things. You're going to get the information you need. That's just my way of thinking. Like some people love the news and then I think we'll enjoy, you know, go for it. Yeah, you know, that's your, the energy that you want to take in. That's, that's okay. For me, it would pull me down. So I don't want to participate, but I have a respect for people who feel like they have to know and they want to know, and that's for them to choose. All right. So you said it's tiring and, but I'm thinking if you are continuing on this path, there also must be some upliftment. Right. There, there is some upliftment. And I think that is, I don't walk alone on this path. There are many other practitioners in the world who also shine their light. And when I get to interact with people who also share that message, it's very special. I'm also so incredibly blessed to live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is my favorite place in the entire world, not just because of Hollywood, um, but because of the magic that is so prominent in this area. As I said before, uh, I get to spend a lot of time at the Philosophical Research Society and, and being around open-minded people and people who want to listen, people who want to exchange ideas. That's very exciting. And I think that's something that hasn't really happened in a while, except online, especially during COVID. I stay away from social media, just like you stay away from the news. Yes, it is my job, 
but I have learned that it is the kind of energy that you take in that I would much rather spend time in physical places with people where I can engage in their energy and, and have those meaningful discourses and help people see the truth of reality to help them understand the seven ancient planets, to understand the elements and understand that you yourself are a reflection of the universe. Well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. We're all a part of everything. Yeah, and stardust. <laughs> stardust, right. We're all made of stardust. So I, I have a little blessing that I say that says, you know, connect with the oneness and expand and celebrate mm -hmm. that you are a part of everything and beam love and joy from your heart. I find there's also a lot of goodness in the world when I open my eyes to see it. And when I'm open to looking for that and noticing that, one of the things I'm working on right now is to find more joy in the everydayness of things mm -hmm. and to recognize the magic as it happens around me because it's easy to get caught up and not see those things. So how do you notice the magic around you? Like you were saying that Los Angeles has a lot of magic. So how does that make itself known to you? So the first thing is I'm very blessed to live near nature in LA. Not many people are. Mm. I think nature is one of the greatest gifts that we're given as humanity. And I have a little herb garden outside and getting to see growth is something that really brings me joy. I also have an animal. Uh, many witches would call him my familiar. His name is Euphrates. He's an orange ginger cat. And, and that's part of my everyday love is giving love and affection to an animal. In theosophy, which is an older spiritualism, basically from the yeah. 1800s into the yeah. 1900s, there's something called the group spirit. So when you think of birds, they fly together as a flock. It's like they have one mind. And in theosophy, that's called the group spirit. And the way to help animal souls individuate into becoming humans potentially is by giving them love. And so by nurturing your pet, um, you are helping that soul evolve. And that's something that's very, very dear to me because I have definitely seen uh, I've had my cat for 11 years now, and I've seen that personality grow, and I've seen magic in a lot of ways, not just in his growth, but like when I started really using magical tools, crystals, tarot cards, he loves it. He will, he goes over and he rubs all over the crystals and like wants That's to fun. lay on the cards. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like these have an energy that you're attracted to, and that's fun. Sometimes I'm not as good at this as I would like to be, but I am working towards one of the ancient Taoists, which is a Chinese religion mysticism, where you can find divinity in ordinary tasks like cleaning. So we, we all heard from the Karate Kid, wax on, wax off. Yeah. Well, that is a Western version of that idea. Um, it's hard, <laughs> but it's about getting caught in your thoughts and being very focused in the present moment of your actions. Yes. I spent some time in Zen. I had a girlfriend who was really into it and we would go to the oh. Zendo and we would meditate. And my father made me a little kneeling bench because I didn't want to sit on the cushion. We would have adventures in the Zendo and we always got there around seven and it was for a couple of hours. And once, once too often, of course, I would fall asleep in that position. In the quietness, I'd end up snoozing. And one time I fell off my bench. So <laughs> these are my no no yeah these are my adventures in the zendo and my girlfriend and I still think back and laugh our heads off over things that happened when we were doing that. It's it, so know, funny. Yeah, it had its moments for sure. 
tell me one of your favorite stories about a magical experience of yours. So I am a water sign. And one of the services that I do is cord cutting. What that means is every single person has a connection. You and I have a cord right now. And I will go in when people have some really nasty cords and I will clear them. Recently, I was on a YouTube channel and I was doing a cord cutting in the middle of the night next to one of the oldest cemeteries in America in the Northeast. And I was, when you work with people, and what I do is like, I am, I'm spiritually scanning them. And because I'm water, I'm reflective, that gets reflected into me. Sometimes weird stuff appears on my body. I'll get like red blotchy spots. I'll get rashes. And um, this particular night, these two paranormal investigators, the first one that I cleansed had this really ugly tentacle that was coming out from the top of his head. I took my obsidian and malachite dagger and I removed it. And immediately after the sword broke, like split this crystal pure in half. And I was like, uh, well, good thing I brought it back up. Um, (laughs) And during that time, the thing that I kept feeling was this pain in his lower heart chakra. You have three heart chakras, your upper, middle and lower. And I was like trying to, to remove that energy as much as I could for him. The next day I had absorbed so much heat. I couldn't stop sweating. I was sweating all day. Like it looked like I got out of a swimming pool. Oh my God. It was wild. And so, and of course I had done my banishings. I had done everything ahead of time, but it was just proof to me of how strong that magic. I was working with Ekate um, at that time. She's a, a reflection of Isis. And that was, that was wild. I like, kept apologizing to people. I'm like, I'm sorry I'm sweating so much. Like, this is really strange. Like, I'm not talking about cute sweat. I mean, full-blown yeah poor so is that I would say Hecate is that the same yes yes my friend is um the high priestess of an Hecate temple and that's what she calls it that's the correct Greek pronunciation okay all right cool that's so interesting I had um, a little conversation with her myself Uh, she's cool (laughs) and uh yeah I did a ceremony to ask a question about something at a crossroads and so somebody said, oh, you should work. They called her Hecate, but Hecate. Okay. When I was done, I saw two black butterflies, which I don't Ooh. remember what they meant, but it was exactly what I needed to have as my confirmation. It was really amazing. It's interesting because I had been warned, you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You have to try this and blah, blah, blah. It has to be so and da, 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 da. And she was willing to talk to me no matter what. Anyway, you know, I, so Ritual, I I don't have a lot of ritual. And it's interesting that you're talking about ritual because I struggle with ritual myself. But if you've been initiated into something, you have done probably a lot of ritual to get there. You know, ritual, there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's the ceremonial magic, which is very rigid. And then there's more of the witchcraft aspect, which can be rigid. Like my my dear friend, who's the high priestess of the Order of the Dark Moon, she has some very rigid structures. But there are times where she's helped me create rituals. So rituals don't have just to be from an old grimoire or tradition. You can make your own. It's like a cooking recipe. I teach this on my school. Just a quick overview. You open up with the appetizer. You're cleansing your space. Cleanse it, consecrate it, get all those nasty energies out. So it's your appetizer. Then you have your soup and salad. 
which is where you do your invocations and your offerings. So you invite the energies in, whether it's gods, goddesses, ancestors, whomever, spirit guides. Then we have our main course. Now, this is the spell itself, whether you're doing candle magic, whether you're doing chants, whether you're doing a kind of container work, whatever it is. And then you have your dessert. And this is gratitude. You thank, you thank, you thank. Thank is gratitude is so important when it comes to this work because you should be honored and blessed that this spirit took time for you. And then we have the cheese plate, which is closing the ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. That's very, I love that. It's very entertaining. Makes it nice and pedestrian and easy to understand, right? Yes, (laughs) that's good. Been so interesting to talk to you and hear about what you do and how you help people. What's something you want to leave the listeners with? One last important thought or piece of wisdom that you want to share? One of the biggest roadblocks that people have when it comes to magic is the idea that it's childish. It is childish because that means you have wonderment. Children are not contained by the idea of rationality and science. Imagination is what gives us the ability to create. When you become a magician or a witch, you no longer see imagination as fake. You are able to understand the difference between playtime imagination and imagination as creation or your godlike principle. So if you're worried about looking stupid, it's okay. You're going to look weird if you're drawing shapes in the air and praying over candles. But you know what? That's beautiful. And for you to give yourself the freedom to express yourself, the freedom to be curious like a child, the freedom to experience wonder like a child, then you're doing magic right. Oh my gosh, I love that. In Zen, it's like the child's mind too. You know, they say, Mm -hmm. you know, wipe it off clean and just be curious. So that's probably runs as a thread through many different practices because that allows you to be open and not be driven through the narrowness of what society has limited you by. And that expands your mind and the possibilities to make so much more possible. Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that with me. That was a great wrap up. Thank you so much again for being here and sharing your wisdom and talking about what it's like for you. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, Ronnie. It has been such a pleasure to to share this information with everyone. And if you are spiritually curious, please check out my podcast, The Occult Unveiled. We have over 50 episodes of different religions and spiritualities from around the world. Oh, that sounds fabulous. It'll all be in the show notes, so no one will miss out. I'm glad you brought that up. All right. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode. And share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Bye.